Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Friday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers G. Hay Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing? Well, you know what, you know what, Arash? Um, I normally say on a Friday, I'm ridiculously happy because, you know, it's the weekend. Yeah. Start off Friday, right? But right now, I'm not only unhappy, but extremely disappointed in what's going on with UCLA and your alumni. Wow. All right. Uh, we'll get to that shortly. And Buckets, how are you, my friend? You know, um, sorry to go contrarian here, Jihei, but I'm doing great. It's a Friday, like you said. And it's a long weekend, so I'm excited for the long weekend. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend. Yeah, okay, so b- before we get into what I was planning on getting into, G, hey, so uh, what's up? So UCLA lost in overtime. I saw that USC lost earlier uh, this week. So they both, um, you know, both were in the top five, both have a loss. Oh, what are you upset about? So I'm kind, I'm just basically just bummed at what USC and UCLA are doing um, as far as their indoor sports are concerned. They're ah. basically saying, you know what, for the next few home games, we're going to have limited capacity seating. Literally, they're only putting in really close family, so probably their immediate family of the players and the uh, coaching staff. And then they're also putting in media, and that's pretty much the only people that get to be inside um their their arenas right now so it's just it's just really disappointing um i agree with coach cronin who uh basically said his re his reaction uh was that he just didn't agree with this and that you know fans make or break the sport which he's completely right um i mean we saw this last last season with covid um if you looked at and i know nobody watches duke basketball except for me on this show but like um if you watch duke basketball their their whole entire premise is the crazies, right? Like those fans inside um, Coach K Stadium is, you know, it's electric. You can literally feel the the um, the floorboards shake inside that uh, that court, and not having those fans, it's a huge difference. Like Duke lost majority of their home games last year, so I'm just concerned about that. For and UCLA got beat by Oregon. I'm not taking away what Oregon did last night, but. It's, it's going to be an uphill battle if they if they extend this for UCLA and for USC for their indoor sports. Yeah, so just, th- just as this is, uh, this is happening in the state of California right now. So it's yeah. not just USC, UCLA. I saw when USC lost to Stanford, that game was on the road. No fans in the crowd. Again, totally closed off to the general public, like you said, G. Hey, just uh, immediate friends and family, and it could just be family, to be honest. Even a lot of the media right now are not currently uh, traveling right now to cover these games. And so I agree with you there, though. I mean, I, I, I think it's one of those things that we're seeing in professional sports. They're doing one thing. In college sports, they're doing something else. But by the way, in Canada, you look at all those teams playing in Toronto. There are no fans in Canada right now. So I think everyone's handling the variant in their own unique way. 
Um, the good news on that front, and again, this is not a science show, but this does affect sports, is that we have hit the peak or we are about to hit the peak. And that means it's about to fall in terms of the cases and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you've been vaccinated, I mean, it does seem like it's it's uh, comparable to a cold or a flu. And the idea that you would stop uh things or shut down events, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. Speaking of that, I was at SoFi Stadium yesterday and the National Football League reaffirmed that the Super Bowl is going to take place at SoFi Stadium. And at that event, I talked to a lot of the luminaries. I talked to a lot of the executives who said, listen, there, there was never a chance that the Super Bowl was going to get moved. It was always going to happen at SoFi Stadium. And to that point, they were having construction taking place outside of SoFi all the tailgating stuff, all the activations. I mean, they are already constructing that because 30 days from today, the Super Bowl will happen at SoFi. And obviously prior to that, you have all the media events and parties. At the event, I talked to Rams Chief Operating Officer Kevin Demoff about the Super Bowl taking place at SoFi, the Rams, what they got to do to win this game on Monday and continue their pathway towards perhaps playing a home game after the Super Bowl next month. So now let's listen to the conversation I and a couple of other reporters had yesterday with Rams COO Kevin Demoff. So, Kevin, we talked about this game for a while, but to, to see the logo on the screen, um, again, you know the game's going to happen here, but it really kind of really sets home that this game is going to be here in one month. I think for those of us, when we first started dreaming about SoFi Stadium years ago, we started with the Super Bowl in mind. And you wanted this stadium to be the greatest Super Bowl stadium venue you know, among the NFL venues and really within the world. And it starts with building the world's largest stadium, the world's most technologically advanced stadium, the world's most fan-friendly stadium. All of those contribute to make it an unbelievable home environment for the Rams, but also an unbelievable Super Bowl stadium. So to walk in today and see that logo up on the board for the first time as the Rams start our playoff journey and as this city starts its Super Bowl journey over the next 30 days. It's an emotional day and an exciting one, I think not only for all of us the Rams, but for all Angelinos. There's also one more historic moment. It's happening on Monday, the first ever Monday night football playoff game, and it's here. So uh, what's what's that moment like for, for this franchise as well? You know, I, it was when such a... It's a melancholy moment when you leave the stadium last Sunday. You won the division. You're wearing your NFC West champion hat, but you lost such a heartbreaking game. And then you're waiting anxiously on your phone to find out, okay, we're going to host a game next week. Is it going to be Saturday or Sunday? And you really didn't give a lot of thought to Monday. You know? And then, sure enough, the NFL texts you and says, hey, you're going to be hosting Monday Night Football. And I'm just excited to host the first playoff game in SoFi history. That's the year, first year this building opens you know, for the Rams in the most competitive division in the NFL with three teams the playoffs, three teams, double-digit wins. To win that division, to be able to host a playoff game against Aaron Luther Cardinals, to be the first Monday night playoff game in NFL history, the first Martin Luther King Day playoff game you know, in NFL history is a special moment for all of us at the Rams. I think it's a special moment for, for Los Angeles, and I think, one, you know, we hope to put on a great show and, and hopefully leave here victorious. And Kevin, you had a sold-out crowd here Sunday. You have a sold-out crowd here and then next week. There's been a lot of conversations with COVID and the surge, and um, what can 
can you say about the conversations you had about SoFi being prepared for this game in one month? Well, I, I think it starts with we've had an amazing, safe environment all year. And you know, starting the beginning of the year when you know we worked with LA County Public Health that everybody who attended games had to be vaccinated, you know, or have proof of a negative test, wear masks inside the stadium. We're fortunate that this is an outdoor building, you know, where, where people can be outside and we know it's less you know this pandemic has been proven to be less effective transmitting outside, certainly from our NFL data and everything else. But we have hosted eight sold-out games all year. We had our biggest crowd of the year here on Sunday, nearly 75,000 people. Uh, we feel this building is very safe. We've worked with the California State you know, Health Office to make sure the games are safe, LA County Public Health to make sure they're safe, the NFL. And I think people who have come to our games you know, have learned how to be safe, you know, how to protect themselves. And I think you know, this stadium and is no different than everything else we go through in the pandemic. It's about taking care of one another. It's about getting vaccinated. It's about getting boosted. It's about wearing masks and doing everything we can to keep one another safe. And I think our fans have done a great job that all year. It's not perfect. I know when you're screaming on third down, you know, you might take off your mask. You might drink that soda an extra little bit longer. But, you know, it has been an amazing partnership. I don't think anybody's ever wavered on this game, being able to be played here, you know, and played safely. You know, unfortunately, not only for Los Angeles, but for the world. Omicron has presented great challenges over the past few months. And you know, hopefully we'll be able to solve those challenges, not just to play the Super Bowl, you know, but so we can all continue to grow as a society and get back to doing what we love. Um, you talked about like how loud it is for home games and, and the impact of the off-field screen as well. How is that going to help you guys on Monday and if you make it to the Super Bowl to have that home field? Yeah, we've had an amazing home field advantage. Maybe not as much this past weekend, um, but you know, certainly our first seven games, our players remarked uh, in Tampa game was the loudest environment they'd ever played in. You know how hard it was for opposing teams to to communicate. And you start with the stadium; it's 100 feet underground. It's got earth surrounding it. It's got a roof on top of it. You know, and then our fans being the seats being closest to the state to the field anywhere in the NFL, almost anywhere in the world. There's a tremendous energy that comes into us building. And Los Angeles Rams fans, you know, they've been waiting for a permanent home for this team forever. The team first came back to the Coliseum, moved to Anaheim Stadium, a trip to St. Louis, back to the Coliseum. This is the first stadium ever built by the Rams for Rams fans, designed by Rams fans. And I think you feel that home field advantage come to life on a weekly basis. And, you know, we felt it all year, and I know our fans are excited and ready for Monday night as well. Are we going to have some Rams um, greats here for the Super Bowl as well, some of the legacy players returning to represent? Well, I think the great thing about the Super Bowl is you get the legacy players throughout the NFL, you know, who come back and represent. And certainly, you know, there are a lot of great Rams moments, you know, a history team that's been around for 80 plus years, ton of Super Bowl experience, not always all positive, um, but certainly, you know, one Lombardi trophy in the team history. So I'm sure you're going to see, you know, Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt and those members of the greatest show on turf that, that won the only you know, Lombardi trophy in franchise history. Hopefully you're going to see some current Rams greats and you know, Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup and Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford also on the field, hopefully participating, you know, in Super Bowl 56. But the NFL always does a great job of weaving the tradition of of the home team, in this case, home teams, um, you know, and the legacy of the Super Bowl throughout the game day. And I can't wait to see what they bring to life, you know, from an entertainment perspective and a football perspective 30 days from now. Kevin, what's it been like for you to start being a part of this committee? You know, I, I think back to uh, the first Super Bowl I ever attended was the Super Bowl and the Rose Bowl in 1982 between the Dolphins, you know, and, and Washington. You know, then you had the Giants and the Broncos. Then you get to the last Super Bowl that was hosted, you know, between the Cowboys and the Bills. And, you know, as someone
someone who grew up in Los Angeles who saw Super Bowls come here to have been part of a group that helped bring the Super Bowl back to Los Angeles after three decades uh, to build this stadium to host the world's greatest events uh, I think we all take great pride really fortunate you know, that Stan Kroenke had this vision to build an amazing stadium to make Los Angeles not only the entertainment capital of the world but truly the sports and entertainment capital of the world right here building the world's greatest sports and entertainment district in Hollywood Park uh, I've been fortunate to play a very small role uh, in it but it takes all of Los Angeles all of Los Angeles County the surrounding counties to make this Super Bowl come to life and I think you know when we have that kickoff on game day uh, it'll be a special moment for everybody who's been involved in terms of talk about the when you talk about uh, this Monday the significance of playing a, a game on Martin Luther King Day yeah, I, look, I, I think back to even last week for our Inspire Change game for Week 18 when we talked, honored Kenny Washington and Woody Strode and their families, being the players to reintegrate the NFL in 1946. You know, the Rams had you know, the first African-American player. I think you know, we had the first openly gay player, the first male cheerleaders. Our organization has always been an organization of first, so I think it is fitting for us to play the first, you know, Monday Night Football game, playoff history, the first Martin Luther King game in, in NFL history. We will be prepared. We're working with the NFL right now on how we bring that to life to properly celebrate Martin Luther King but I think it also, it goes to our organization, it's not just about playing on Monday and playing on Martin Luther King Day, it's being involved every day in the community whether it's groups like City or whether it's groups like Operation Progress, whether it's groups like Brotherhood Crusade, provide those meaningful opportunities to everybody in Los Angeles to grow you know, from an early age and feel part of the city and to take advantage of the great opportunity uh, someone mentioned at the press conference that Los Angeles is a city of optimism and city of opportunity and I think for us as the Rams you know part of that is bringing that to life for every Angelino so they feel like through the Los Angeles Rams through this community that they have a chance to shine their brightest Kevin you talked about the game on Sunday I mean Las Vegas is dealing with the same things a lot of fans who want to go see that new stadium the Cowboys dealt with that uh, do you guys have conversations about what you can do to I don't say prevent that I mean if a fan wants to buy a ticket but I mean is there anything you as a team can do well look I think we've been so fortunate in our return home to Los Angeles we've over averaged over 70,000 people at the Coliseum had great crowds here we've had an amazing crowds and home field advantage I think the thing you do is continue to build your organization the, the teams that travel well have decades of success decades of history decades of winning the Super Bowl that's what every organization is striving for and we know it's going to take some time here but our fans have been amazing uh, they provided us a loud home field advantage I think our players you know they said they were surprised by the crowd noise I think that's a great testament to what it was like through the first you know seven games you know, here this year, and I think you're going to feel an amazing vibe in this building. Anytime you build a great stadium in a destination like a Los Angeles, you're going to have visiting fans. That's what this city attracts. <laughs> you know, it's a city of transplants. Uh, you see it, you know, at every venue, you know, throughout Los Angeles. But I always say, you build a great organization, you connect with your fan base, you fill it with your fans, you play great football. Those are the only solutions, and you do it year after year. And I, I take pride. You know, it's fortunate. You know, we had a chance to win the NFC West for the third time in the past five years. We've had double-digit wins in four of the last five years. We're the third winningest franchise in the NFL since Sean McVay you know, has been here. It's that kind of success year in and year out that builds a legacy, that, that gets fans excited, connecting with the community 365 days a year, giving them this stadium to feel pride. You know, This is not overnight. We were so fortunate to be the first team to show up in Los Angeles in 1946, the first professional team. We have a long history of roots, decades of fans, passionate fans, 
to you see in tailgates here in, in the pink zone and throughout Los Angeles. I'm so proud of them. They've given us such an advantage, you know, throughout the years, and we'll continue to grow that. And you know, but even even the best stadiums in the world have these challenges. And to me, it is most about playing our best football when it's required. And that journey starts Monday night. All right, uh, that was Kevin Demoff talking about the big Rams game on Monday night. First ever playoff game on Monday night football. Very short week for the Rams, by the way. I mean, if they find a way to win this game on Monday night, they got to go on the road, perhaps to Tampa Bay. Tough uh, turnaround for them. Again, they've never played a Monday night playoff game. This partly the reason why they haven't is that you you would have a team having a short week like that. But, um, you know, one of the things that we, we did talk about was a lot of opposing fans at that Rams-San Francisco game. That will not be the case on Monday night for a couple of reasons. Of course, there's not a ton of Cardinal fans here in Los Angeles. It's also a Monday night game, so there's not a lot of people who, who are going to be traveling to miss work or school or things of that nature to go to a game on a Monday night. So it's going to be a pro Rams crowd, but uh, they've really put themselves in a tough spot because if they are to win this game, and I think that they will, they got to go to Tampa Bay. And if they win that game, they got to go to Green Bay to find a way to get uh, to SoFi Stadium to play in the Super Bowl. With that being said, it is a holiday weekend. It is Martin Luther King uh, Junior Day here on Monday. We're, we're going to do the show, but going into this holiday weekend, what are we looking forward to, guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously looking forward to just basketball in general, but I mean, for those that don't listen to the show, and this is their first time ever listening to the Rosh Markazi show, welcome. And uh, second... If you do watch the show or listen to this show, you know I'm a huge Duke fan. Duke plays North Carolina State, an in-house rival. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. We are in third place right now in the ACC. So I'm hoping to go up in those ranks and um, beat out maybe um, beat out the uh, one and two right now. So uh, Duke, North Carolina State, can't wait to beat the pack. Go, go Duke. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, we'll talk about this more on Monday, but what an action-packed day it is for local sports in Los Angeles on Monday. Uh, it begins 12.30. you got the Pacers at the Crypto.com Arena to play the Clippers. 1 p.m., the Kings are at San Jose. By 15, you got the kickoff for the Rams Monday night uh, football playoff game against the Cardinals. And then 7.30 tip. Utah Jazz are in town at Crypto.com to play the Lakers. So just an action-packed day in Los Angeles. All the teams, by the way, are on the road this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There are no local uh, games, although Saturday, all the teams are on the road. You got the Lakers at Denver, as Armani just talked about. You got the Clippers at the Spurs. You got the Kings at the Seattle Kraken. And the Ducks are at the Chicago uh, Blackhawks. But, you know, just really excited that Super Bowl week will be in Los Angeles. We'll be a part of it. We'll be there some way, somehow, hanging out with our friend Scott Farrell. Jihei can finally hang out with Scott Farrell and ask him about some, uh, some picks and some bets that she can make. But... Yeah, I mean, talking to league officials yesterday at SoFi Stadium, and by the way, it was really cool to see the Super Bowl logo around the big scoreboard at SoFi. They're working on the stadium. Again, they, they can't do too much yet. 
They got a Rams game on Monday. They, there may be one more game before the Super Bowl. So there's not a whole lot that they, they can do, but all these events will be happening. I did hear, though, unfortunately for Jihei, again, there's never, there has not been a Final Four in California since 1975. And I said, could the Final Four one day return to California? I have been told that will not happen because SoFi Stadium is an indoor and outdoor facility. And that roof with the glare that it would have on the court. So unfortunately, Jihei, if Duke plays in the Final Four in the foreseeable future, it will not be in Los Angeles. All right. Well, with that said, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, Nick Hamilton. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio and the Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and, and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We are now joined as we are each and every Thursday, but now we are joined on a Friday with our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? We are good, Nick. Excited for the holiday weekend here. Uh, Nick, let's start off with this. Um, We uh, got to chat with Kevin Demoff and executives from the National Football League yesterday. They they were at SoFi Stadium just reaffirming that the Super Bowl will be held here 30 days from today. Not shocking. You know, I mean, I always thought that story was kind of interesting given that On Sunday, there was a sold-out crowd at SoFi for a Rams game. This Monday, there will be a sold-out crowd. So the fact that they wouldn't have a Super Bowl here didn't make much sense. But uh, your thoughts on that story and also the fact that the Super Bowl 30 days from today will be held right here at SoFi. Well, I never had a doubt in my mind that the Super Bowl would be moved um, because there's way too much money in Los Angeles. I mean, we're in the second-largest market. You have adequate facilities as far as having a, a state-of-the-art stadium and so far. Um, like you said, you had sold you had sold out crowds um, at times uh, for the Chargers as well as a lot for the Rams. Um, and people want to come here. People, it's Los Angeles. People want any opportunity you can to, to come to Los Angeles. You're going to find a way to do it, whether it's for a sporting event, whether it's for the weather or the beaches or you know. Uh, the green content, uh, <laughs> anything that you, anything that you have a reason for coming to Los Angeles, you're going to come there, and it's no better reason than the Super Bowl and having Super Bowl Fifty Six here in Los Angeles, uh, a great halftime show, probably one of the most epic halftime shows we've seen in a long time, um, 
And, you know, it's just the possibilities are endless. And so I think when you have that, that type of magnitude of um, having a, 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 a major event like that, um, it's going to be hard to move it for whatever reason. I don't care if there was a state of emergency. They're going to find a way to keep that game going and the festivities going at some point because it's about economics at the end of the day. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Nick, this story kind of surprised me or in terms of just, um, you know, um, Matthew Stafford's wife was on a podcast and she was just talking about how surprised and shocked she were about the number of San Francisco fans at the Rams game at SoFi to finish out the season. That's not surprising. This is Matthew Stafford's first season here. What kind of surprised me was how surprised Sean McVay was. I mean, we've been to some of those games back at the Coliseum. There is always a large contingent of San Francisco fans here. Now, was this the most that we've seen? Probably. But, I mean, I think, like, even when you looked at the schedule, you said that last game of the year when San Francisco was coming to town, we know that's probably going to be a 50-50 crowd. So I I was a little surprised that Sean McVay was surprised. What was your thought on that? Again, the Rams have had a good turnout for the majority of the season, but I was a little surprised that Sean McVay and many players, executives on the Rams were surprised. Well, I think they may have been surprised because now it's up in their face. As you mentioned with the Coliseum, it didn't really feel like home, so you kind of had that sense of, well, wait till we get our own building. Yeah. Then we may you know, see some changes, but... The changes weren't going to come. The only changes were going to come were increase. And that was an influx of those fans. I mean, people forget San Francisco is a one-hour ride on an airplane from, from you know, whatever airline you'd like to take. Um, I recall when I went up to Levi Stadium during the season when, we, when the Rams were going to face the 49ers. And I saw a lot, uh, quite a few uh, Rams fans on the plane. I saw them at my hotel. Um, and the same thing is going to happen, you know, down here in Los Angeles. But people forget, and as I said on my on my Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA, um, I did a whole eleven minute, you know, push, and I even put it on Twitter. And I said that basically there was a twenty one year gap where we had no football in Los Angeles. So there's a whole generation that doesn't understand what the Rams truly meant to Los Angeles, even what the Raiders meant beyond what their family members have told them. Yeah. And so. People that grew up started to pick other teams, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the the Steelers. Uh, Even when Tom Brady was winning, they became Patriot fans. So there are a lot of different fan bases. Then you got a lot of transplants that came to Los Angeles, too, that adopted their that brought their teams here. So there's a lot of there's an influx of a lot of teams here in Los Angeles. And so um, you're going to have the 49ers because there are a lot of 49er fans that live in Los Angeles. Um, there are a lot of Raider fans that live in Los Angeles. So when those two teams come to Los Angeles, you're going to have a 70-30 or 65-35 ratio in the stands because they're going to flood the stands because that's when their team comes to town, they're going to show up and show out. Um, and, I, and I've committed the Rams for doing a great job as far as having their thumb on the pulse of the city, uh, only being back you know a little over five years and what they've been able to accomplish from on the field to the community standpoint. Um, and they're continuing to grow. And it takes it takes a long time to build that type of culture. And if they get to a point where they, it can't truly be 50-50, where you see 50% Niner fans, 50% Rams fans, you're winning. Because that's the best you're probably going to do. 
Uh, Nick, let's put a bow on the Chargers season. We've kind of talked about them every week. You've been on the pulse and you've been covering the Chargers for quite some time. I mean, going back to when they were in San Diego. I mean, a lot of the focus post game in in the week or so since then is on Brandon Staley, his thought process, what he does, uh, whether it's going for it on fourth down, certainly at the end of that game, calling that timeout when it seemed like both teams were content with the tie. Um, just your, your thoughts on that game, the Charger season and Brandon Staley in particular. Well, when you look at Brandon Staley in the first year, I think what he's began to do, which is create a culture within that locker room and have guys really buy into his culture. And they really have. They really bought into his culture. They really bought into his way of playing the game, studying the game, approaching the game. Unfortunately, they came up short. Um, but, yeah, there was some bonehead calls by Brandon Staley in that game against the Raiders. Uh, two in particular that stand out to me but one more so than the other, which was the overtime timeout. And you have a lot of people caping up for Staley, but you can't cape up for, for boneheadedness. Um, it was a bad call. It was a bad timeout um, because the clock was running. And what you wanted to do, if you're the Chargers, you wanted the clock to run because guess what? It would have resulted in the tie. And then you would have been playing another game this coming week and the nation would have got to see the phenomenal talent of Justin Herbert once again, but uh, you chose to, to call a timeout, stop the clock, and you still couldn't stop the run. The only thing you could stop was the clock. Yeah. Um, and it cost you. And I think Brandon, hopefully Brandon Steady will learn from this. I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think he's, he's going to, you know, have to learn from these mistakes. Um, but the Chargers as a whole, I think they underachieved. I think we, you know, three straight years of not making the playoffs, two coaching staffs, you know, something's got to change. And I think what's got to change is not just the product that they're going to add on the field, um, but I think upstairs. I think it's time for a new voice, a general manager. I've said that time and time again. and nothing against Tommy T, uh, but I think his time has come. And so I think it's time for uh, another general manager that's going to be aggressive, that's going to be assertive. And you're going to have to get someone – who's willing to, to bring in the stars because Los Angeles is a place of stars. That's what makes the Rams pop is because they're not scared to bring in the stars, the Jalen Ramsey's, the Von Miller's, the Odell Beckham Jr.'s, you know, Eric Webb, they brought back Eric Webb. Yeah. Um, but the Chargers have yet to bring in a bona fide star where people are going to say, okay, who's the star not named Justin Herbert or Derwin James? Who's the bona fide star, uh, the star on this squad that people are going to pay attention to? And I think they're going to have to start doing that. This is Los Angeles. This is not San Diego. This is not another San Antonio. This is a large market team. Los Angeles people want to see stars. No matter what it is, who it is, they want to see stars. We have LeBron with the Lakers. You have Kawhi with the Clippers. You have Mike Trout with the Angels. The reason why the Angels are relevant is because of Mike Trout. The Dodgers have brought in Mookie Betts. They brought in, you know, they have Clayton Kershaw. They brought in, you know, several other guys that that, that are stars. Yeah. Um, and that's what you want to see. You want to see stars. Um, if you don't have that, then people are not going to really pay attention to you. Nick, your thoughts on uh, this game? I guess let's start here before we focus on the field. A Monday night football playoff game martin luther king jr's birthday it's a national holiday it's the first time the league is having a game 
on this day. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on that. It, it does seem from people that I've talked to, ticket prices are pretty affordable. That can mean one of two things. Obviously, uh, you know, it, it's good if you haven't gone to a game this year, but also, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be that like easy to buy a playoff ticket. Your your thoughts on the league having a playoff game on this day? Well, it's very interesting. The fact that normally that's the day for the NBA when yeah. the NBA celebrates Dr. King's life um, and how they, you know, they're able to make money off of it. Um, but the NFL, especially, um, at, you know, playing, I, I don't even think they really thought about that. I think they just said, look, we're going to do the scheduling. Yeah. We got to have so many games, so many days. And it just so happened to fall on a Monday where we observe Dr. King's birthday. Um, I think I don't think they, they really read into it or planned for that specifically. I think it was just a matter of scheduling. Um, as far as the affordable ticket prices, I think it's great for the fans because you want to get an opportunity for the fans to come out and see this glorious structure. Uh, that's been in the been talked about and been, been been in the making for several years. And so, if you have an opportunity to go see this glorious structure, everybody I've talked to, whether it's Rams fans or opposing fans, have had nothing but high marks for what the structure looks like, the experience that they've been in there. Um, so that's I think it's a good thing. Um, I think that you're not going to get a repeat of the fan base that you had the previous week. I think they're going to be dominant Rams fans. And yeah. I have yet to see Cardinal fans dominant <laughs> besides a uh, concession stand. But outside <laughs> of that, um, I don't think they're going to dominate the stands. So you're going to have some Cardinal fans mixed in there, of course, but nothing like what we saw last week with the 49ers. And uh, so you were in Glendale for that game when they played, and it was really the turning point moment for the Rams where they put themselves in a position to win the division and host this game. That being said, uh, Nick, I've never seen a team so Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when it comes to home and away. I mean, they are 8-1 and one at like on the road, uh, three and five away from home. Um, sorry, three and five at home and eight and one on the road. So they are a road team. And we saw that game against the Rams at SoFi Stadium this year where they dominated the line of scrimmage. So having been at both of those games, knowing what you know about how the Cardinals play at home and away from home, your thoughts on that this game? Well, you know, like you said, it's a tell of two teams, you know, which team is going, which Rams team is going to show up. And I think the Rams team that's definitely going to show up is the one we saw in Glendale. I think they, they this team has fought through so much adversity, um, what we, especially what we saw in, in the Baltimore Ravens game when they actually came from behind to win that game the last moments of the game in the fourth quarter. And I think this team is, is a focused team. I think this team, I know – um, they, 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 they crapped the bed when it came to the 49ers last week in overtime. They had a huge opportunity to have the number two seed and to be able to host games. But sometimes teams play better, and you, and you gave that record. Teams play better when they're on the road or have an opportunity to play on the road. And I think they'll take care of home, home field. Um, I think that Matthew Stafford is going to have to, and he realizes he's going to have to play much better. Um, obviously, it's a team game, but when the quarterback plays better, you know, the team plays better, and those were his words. And so I, I fully agree with that, and I think guys like Von Miller, guys like Aaron Donald, even though they've lost Jordan Fuller for the year, um, but bringing on Eric Weddle, Darius Williams, we don't know how, how much he's going to be able to play because he's nursing a shoulder injury. Um, they did sign some guys from the practice squad, um, Jalen Ramsey being back there in the secondary. Um, so those are going to be some key factors to, to, to look at and to look for and see how much Cliff Kingsbury can exploit those mismatches. 
um, especially not, you know, and, and then also on the interior, not having Ernest Jones. Um, but I think on the offensive side, it's going to be key. I think it's going to be really an offensive-driven game on both sides. I think Kyler Murray not having DeAndre Hopkins is going to force him to find A.J. Green and, and, and guys like that, especially with the running game, um, to see how well that goes off. Um, Cam Akers will be the second week back, so that's going to be interesting to see how they, they plug him in offensively behind Sony Michelle. Can they get the running game back going uh, like, they, like we've seen in previous games before the 49ers? Um, and then can Matthew Stafford take care of the ball? Can he not play once again hero damn ball? Can he actually throw the ball away when he needs to? Can he not hang on to the ball um, longer than he's supposed to? Can he avoid the sack? Can the O-line keep him upright long enough to get the ball off? Those are going to be the, the keys. And also clock management. Um, time of possession is going to be key. Uh, when you look at the Arizona game, the Rams own the time of possession the last game they played against the uh, the Cardinals. And so that's going to be key, I think, in this game on Monday night. Nick, that loss that they had to San Francisco really uh, really put the Rams in a tough spot in terms of their pathway to playing at SoFi Stadium at the Super Bowl. Uh, again, they won the division. They got their shirts and hats. I'm sure they weren't thrilled to have them on following that loss to San Francisco. But now what it does is you got to play a really good Cardinals team, which for a while this season was you know viewed as one of these Super Bowl favorites. So you got to find a way to win that game. And if you do, the pathway towards the Super Bowl is now you got to go to Tampa Bay because I, I got them beating Philadelphia. And if you win that game, perhaps you got to go to Green Bay. So Tampa Bay, Green Bay, that is their pathway. And both of those games would be road games. Talk about, I mean, you know, that, that what the impact that loss had. And as you project the Rams this um, this postseason, how far do you think that they can go? Well, as far as the, the loss, it was devastating because, they, again, as I said before, you had a chance to, hold, to be a number two seed and host at least up into the NFC Championship, no matter who uh, was going to be. Obviously, Green Bay being the number one seed, but you had a chance to, to at least wait and hold off Green Bay into, until the NFC Championship. Um, so I think, you know, if you're going to go on the road against, um, you know, against that type of squad, um, I think you want, you rather pay, you rather play, excuse me, Tampa Bay on the road versus going to Green Bay and Lambeau. Yeah. Um, I think you, your chances are a little bit better of winning when you're going up against Tom Brady and the Bucks versus going to Aaron Rodgers home at Lambeau and trying to go up against that juggernaut there. Um, especially when you're having so many injuries and, and guys are not fully, you know, healthy. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, there's been all kinds of scenarios. Obviously, it, re it reshuffles the deck after this week, especially if the top seeds end up winning out. Um, that's going to reshuffle the deck. Um, and so it's going to be interesting moving forward. If they have to face the big, bad, green monster at Lambeau, that's going to be very, very interesting to see what is going to take place with this Rams team because it's, it's truly going to be do or die. Um, can they go up against the, the, the Packers and finally win a game? I mean, they've been 0-2 since they faced them in the last two years, once in the playoffs, obviously once earlier this season. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how well they're going to be able to play and what knowledge they've gained from those two interactions that's going to propel them to get the victory and move on 
to possibly the NFC Championship. It's truly going to be do or die. Um, can they go up against the, the, the Packers and finally win a game? I mean, they've been 0-2 since they faced them in the last two years, once in the playoffs, obviously once earlier this season. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how well they're going to be able to play and what knowledge they've gained from those two interactions that's going to propel them to get the victory and move on to possibly the NFC Championship. Nick, your thoughts on this college Nick, football transfer portal? I like the fact that they have it in place. I like the fact that they have it in place. Coaches can leave at the coaches can leave at the drop of a hat as well. But we just got word today the USC Trojans wide receiver the USC Trojans wide receiver in the transfer portal for the in the transfer portal for the third time. So many players now are just going into the portal if they don't like playing time. If they don't like playing time, recruited. If they want to be recruited. If they want to be Jackson Dart is now Jackson Dart. Is now in Caleb Williams. Portal. What happens with him? Uh, your what thoughts on this? It does seem uh, like now. This it does seem like now. Are signed to a one-year contract. To a year one-year contract. So whether year they like year. the playing time, so whether they, they like the playing they, time, they, they, they got, don't. Or they, 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 they don't. Your they want to be wooed. Your thoughts on this? Well, I love it, man. I, I think it gives the, the flexibility to the players. I think it's about damn time. Um, like you said, if coaches can do it, and also too. It doesn't make the players feel like they're a bunch of slaves. Um, and what I mean by that is the NIL rule I thought was finally great and a credit to the Northwestern players who pretty much kicked that off many years ago um, to bring it to fruition to where it is now. Um, and I like the fact that, that they have the freedom to move around. Um, I think that it's, it's important. I think it's great for the players. I think it's great for the game. And now you don't have to be forced to stay someplace you don't want to be. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And and again, like I said, and like you mentioned, if the coaches have the ability to leave at the drop of a hat, take a multi-million dollar, a hundred million dollar contract, players should be allowed to play for who they want to, play where they want to play. Nick, as always, thank you so much for your time, for doing it on a Friday, on a holiday weekend. Can't wait to see you at SoFi Stadium on Monday, my friend. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Everybody try to fatten their pocket. So many hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.